Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And today we'll be talking about Castlevania. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> Get excited, pumped! <laughs> oh yeah! You want to start <laughs> Castlevania? <laughs> my vampires! Yeah, my vampires! My holy fucking powers! Just now entered. we've got you for one hour! One hour of playtime. <laughs> ah, yes, welcome to WrestleMania. <laughs> yes, welcome to... I don't know why I'm doing a WrestleMania bit. I just got really into it. I'm Mitch. I'm Mer. <laughs> and I'm Jonathan. <laughs> Castlevania is fucking dope. It is. And it just grew in popularity within like the last 10 years if you weren't a kid from the fucking 80s. Or like late 90s Or late 90s-ish. Yeah, I mean the ga- game originally was on, uh, was it the NES? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Nintendo Entertainment System in, uh, what, the 80s? 86, 86. Uh, developed by Konami, released under Nintendo. Yep. And uh, Castlevania would go on to spawn a whole list of other games alongside Metroid and whatnot. And that's where you get the term, um, uh, was it Metroidvania? Metroidvania-type games? Yeah, it started as a side-scroller in the wakes of like Mario, but it had a different thing. It was to appeal to people who like horror movies and religious type demons and vampires and just lore of just dark supernatural shit. Yeah, it was pretty violent by contrast to all the other kids games that were coming out. And an interesting thing about the first Castlevania is that it was really just like you are this vampire hunter. You're going to Dracula's castle to kill Dracula. And here are all of these 50s movie monsters for you to fight. They had like. There, I think there was a Wolfman. There's a Frankenstein. There's a the mummy. Ma- there's a mummy. There's a Medusa. There's a whole bunch of different monsters, and they're all very classic monsters too for the first game. So it was uh, pretty simply done, whatnot. The first game was very challenging though, um, because it wasn't really refined. The jump diameter or whatever you, the jump distance is what people really complain about, and the knockback. Whenever you get hit, you're knocked back. If you're platforming on ledges and trying to kill the fucking gremlins, because fuck those fucking gremlins. They're so small. Their hitbox sucks, and you got to crouch and fucking hit them with your wit. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Castlevania had really tried to play along with its difficulty played into the idea that it was a horror game for that time period by making the world actually very dangerous to you, such as you getting knocked back, such as you being put in situations where death is really close all the time. As opposed to things like Mario, where it's kind of like, you know, it, it has like this ascension in difficulty, whereas Castlevania is just hard all the way through. <laughs> it was hard, but it wasn't unfair. No. Like, it, you were able to figure out, like, patterns for most of the attacks that were happening, so you could find your way across old maps if you could figure out that pattern. And that's sort of like, it was just rewarding the person for really paying attention to the game. Yeah, the game is... Like you said, tough but fair. They have patterns that you could follow, and then you would have to follow through and try to remember them. It was like Mega Man. At the same time, though, yeah, and and just like Mega Man, uh, you have a boss fight at the end. And the funny, the best part about it, they even reference this in the show, though, that we'll talk about later, is that, like, you'll fight a boss in, like, the first level or their second level, and then they'll just be, like, secondary monsters on your way to, like, the fourth or fifth person. They become essentially just like mobs when before you would attack them as full on fucking bosses. <clears throat> um, do you know anything about the second game? 
Uh, you know what? Not really. Mitch does. Uh, that was um. Oh my god, what the hell is the name of the uh, the character from from that one? Is it? I. It's not. I. No, it's uh. Castlevania Two. Simon's Quest. Simon. Yeah, it's Simon. Simon is one of the more iconic heroes from Castlevania, and in Simon's Quest, which is Castlevania Two, they tried to do an RPG sort of shtick on the Castlevania titles. So they went on where you had NPCs, you had a town to go to, then you had like your exploration areas, and it kind of came out the same time around like as like Zelda 2 like like this the second Zelda game came out which is if you didn't know is very unpopular um <laughs> uh, it wasn't it, a lot of people bitched that it was a lot of grinding and it wasn't as it wasn't the worst Castlevania game like people enjoyed the concept but it was lukewarm at best oh i thought you it. were like fuck legend of zelda <laughs> yeah no 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 legend of zelda 2 legend of zelda 2 is like notoriously a bad zelda game i love that yeah I agree with this, but the thing is, you're 100% right. With sequels, they wanted to, like, try to do something different. Yeah. And so, Cas- Castlevania 2 came out a year later after Castlevania 1 because of the success of it. And here's the biggest problem. Uh, do you guys remember? I don't know if you... We weren't born anywhere near this time, but Nintendo Power. The, yes. The video game uh, I remember magazine. remember Nintendo Power. You're like, old. kids at my school had that. You're old. We're both 29. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I still... I'm young. I, I had a Nintendo 64 yeah. when it came out. There's, okay. there's well, one right there actually, in front of you. So. My, <laughs> my bad. I totally forgot that Nintendo Power would go on to, like, make shit for the Nintendo 64. But they were trying to sell fucking Nintendo Power, like, crack to kids. And so Castlevania Simon's Quest had all these fucking crazy ass cryptic things that you would have to follow because they also have the day and night cycle yeah that was another thing about it during the day you are able to kill enemies very easily you're able to talk to npcs and buy stuff (laughs) sounds super familiar and when you fuck it when it turns to night enemies are four times stronger fuck the shops are all closed so you can't get healing items and just you're just miserable The, the the mobs respawn always that's a thing with castlevania if you leave the screen and you go back to the screen, the mobs all come back. Yeah, you don't just kill them and like you're able to clear the area. So, the biggest cryptic thing and the thing we gotta talk about like the music in all these games is phenomenal, a hundred percent. They use that sound chip to the max. <laughs> yeah, they on use what all fo- what is it four or five tracks? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was more. Wasn't it more than just four? No, 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 not songs, tracks, as in they have a different, they, oh, oh, gotcha. they have a pattern that they use, yeah, yeah. so they have a, a snare drum, a melody, that's a it. bass, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. That's enough. It worked. Um, the biggest cryptic thing was when you're trying to clear an area, you had to stand in a certain corner of the map for up to five seconds, and then you would also have to go underneath a waterfall for like a minute and kneel in this one corner or some shit. And then you would get teleported by a cyclone that would take you to the next spot of the map. Kids in the 80s were fucking furious because they're trying to figure out this cryptic ass shit. And you know who who got that shit? Your friend with the Nintendo Power subscription. He beat Castlevania 2. Not you because you're poor. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, capitalism. But yeah. After Simon's Quest, you'd get a whole bunch of other Castlevanias that would kind of return to formula here. 
Uh, I can't I can't name all the names. There's a whole there's so many fucking Castlevania games. Like it goes it's like way the Final back. Fantasy series. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like that. Yeah, there's like just so many renditions of it. But um, it, they would go more to a return to form where you kind of have like different items, different heroes doing it. Um, in a few of these games, a lot of the heroes that are in the show we'll be talking about shortly are also in these games. So so Sypha and Trevor and um, Alucard are all characters that are playable in uh, the Castlevania series at one point or another. I would argue that the first four games are what people care about alongside yeah. Symphony of the Night mm-hmm. and Aria of Sorrow for the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> Symphony of the Night has been mentioned by so many top 10 lists of how like all of these great games that someone had played, and it's almost always on there. The, the reason why, I think, is because uh, Castlevania was such a beloved series, especially because of the first one and what it meant for just like gaming in general. And so because of that difficulty and whatnot, and then also the innovation that was attempted during that time with its RPG elements, uh, they really like took those ideas from that previous game and then put them into this current one, or at least put them into Symphony of Night, and that's what gained its popularity. They did it better. Symphony of Night is like that game that everyone will drool over until the end of time. And like you said, the mechanics of the game... In Castlevania 3, you had three characters that you could choose from, uh, Sypha and Alucard being one of them. And in Castlevania 4, you were able to whip in eight directions, which was fucking awesome. Hell yeah. And if you ask, I'm going to be honest, if you ask what's my favorite Castlevania game, it's 4. But uh, going back to that, Symphony of the Night was, like you said, where Metroid basically and Castlevania had a baby. That's why they call them Metroidvania games. Because you are able to explore an area, get power-ups, and level up your character, as well as have save points throughout the dungeon that you're exploring. I played a lot of Metroid, too. It was a lot of fun. That was, like, the things to play. I think I still have it, uh, like, a Game Boy version of it that I would play, and that was, like, the, like one of the Ooh, best games. that one's so great. Yeah. I, I remember um, it's, like, you're trying to basically, like, open up this entire space station yep. and then destroy the Metroid within it. Yeah. But you have multiple save spots and you get a bunch of fucking power-ups. You get upgrades to your suit. Super badass. Yeah. It was great. But um, in Symphony of the Night, the main character is Alucard. He is a badass. Um, the only problem is that death takes away his powers in the beginning of the game. So you were like one-shotting giant-ass wolves in the beginning of the game like fucking nothing and then you run into death and he's like nah fuck you i feel like uh god of war did something similar you start the game with like max level and then they like strip everything away and then you have to play the entire game to get everything back that's like how the first one starts i haven't played any of the god of war games they're worth the time and they are they are the the first three are just going to be like a really linear storyline and then the fourth one is this crazy open world that you can go through and you have a kid yeah his name is Boy. <laughs> My son, Boy, will accompany us. <laughs> also, Flippy Castle. Woo! Flippy. Yeah. So uh, if you get halfway through Castlevania, you are pretty much done with the entire dungeon. And then they flip the entire map upside down. So everything that you would fall into, you now have to climb. Staircases become slides. It's really fun. That sounds like a nightmare on making a game, though. Where you had to just like reverse flip everything that you've done 
Or maybe it's it a little might, easier. It might, it might actually simplify it a little bit, honestly. It might have been a shortcut for them because they're like, well, our funds are getting lower. Uh, we have a bunch of recycled monsters <laughs> right. we can just put just in there. Just fucking flip it. Just flip, flip it. Yeah, just, just flip, flip it. Just flip it over and just get the programmers to put the guys in the thing. It'll be fine. <laughs> Jim, it's going to be okay. Jim, my name, my name's Young. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> the, before, like, I'd say last year, I 100% completed Symphony of the Night. Dang. 100% items and pretty much not on a time basis. Fuck no, that timer went to 900, 99999 because I was having so much fun just exploring and taking my time with it. Um but the powers in that game because the Netflix series is inspired by Castlevania 3 because you have three different characters um and also Symphony in the Night because Dracula's castle and yeah. your Alucard and the powers an Alucard has in the game are showcased in the, the story as well. Yeah. He turns into a wolf. He has a mist form. He could do all kinds of shit. They even took some of those ideas and put them into movies about Dracula later on, one of which we already talked about, the Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, wh- where, what do they do? Where he has, like, the mist form and the other things. They yes. took those ideas from these games. It's it's influential. Yeah. They 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 really like the idea of Dracula having other forms on film, so they took that idea and basically made it like a Dracula or a Castlevania game come to life with some versions of those. They just didn't have the other characters, but it was definitely based around the Dracula character you saw there. That's pretty dope. And that's the thing like with the media of like just vampires in general, they got a buff from Castlevania and the lore that they provided. Yeah. In the older games, or like I think the newer games, they were bringing in the lore from the actual Bram Stoker's novel. Yeah, which gets exactly like right. super fucking complicated across all the Game Boy games. I don't even want to explain it. There's a wiki page somewhere. Go look at it. Wikis always surprise me with how much information is there, and I'm just like, where did you even get this info from? Where are these people getting? Where are they doing all this? Like I looked at the wiki the other day for for Avatar because we were watching avatar last airbender like everybody else is on netflix and uh, i was like all right i want to find out more about kiyoshi and like the avatar kiyoshi and i looked up stuff and there's so much info like on her family like where her dad was born her grandpa i was like God, is this, where is this info available and the same thing happens with fucking castlevania you go and look at it and there's all these extra characters that are there and involved and i'm just like i don't think i've ever seen them in a game or something was it like in a text thing <laughs> I'm there 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 are there is a character uh in your third third season of Castlevania there is the bard I just call him the bard I forget his name all the time but he's the fucking bard he's the guy that like infiltrates the you know temple and whatnot and uh wants oh, to wants yeah, to yeah. go like be with his beloved in like an alternate dimension basically oh yeah, yeah. that guy yeah Saint Germain who was there a real go. person yeah did you know that I didn't know he was a real person but yeah. I know that he's also he is in the Castlevania games yeah they like crossed it over. Yeah. He is a real person that actually was a magician and an alchemist, and he was actually as elusive as they make him out to be in the story. Yeah. And he actually went to, what was it, China, and actually told people about toilet paper. So when that guy's like, what the fuck is toilet paper? That was, was fucking <laughs> great. What a great line. What the fuck is toilet paper? <laughs> and he's so, like, angry about it, too. What the fuck is Oh, it's, it's something from the Orient area. It's in the Orient? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Leave it to the Europeans to not know how to wipe their ass. Yeah. Uh, I, I got two highlights for my playthrough of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. What? There's one part where you fight, I believe, uh, Alucard's mother. Not his mother. It's I think it's Richter's Belmont's mother. 
and no. it turns out she's like a succubus or i think it's like some minor character i think it was maria who is like the love interest of that person and then you basically destroy her and she be- turns into a human before dissolving in front of you oh and shit. it's super emotional yeah it's like congratulations you just murdered someone and then the other part is where you're alucard and you're forced to fight richter belmont and the thing is if you don't do this 100 percent, you just kill richter belmont you literally kill him but if you get the secret item, like, your boy, <laughs> you have these goggles and realize that it's a fucking magician playing a ward as Richter Belmont. And you kill that fucker and you actually save Richter Belmont at the end of the game. So there's an alternate ending to this game if you can find the item. What's the item? I don't remember. But you have to, like, locate it on the map? Yeah. The thing is, all these items, because Castlevania is all about secret items. Oh, I jumped into this abyss. Oh, there's an item here. Cool. I just destroyed this wall. Sick. Full-ass turkey. <laughs> so, there. I think it was like some specific goggles that you have to have. And you have to equip them before you go into the fight. Oh. And then it's it's found out that you're still able to hit Richter Belmont. But if you just hit the wizard, that's when you get the alternate ending. Fuck. Yeah. This is the kind of shit that somebody would just accidentally discover. And start and go tell their friends and shit. And be like, hey, you got to try this out. It was like, what was that? Uh, I think it was, I think it was a PlayStation game, or maybe it was a GameCube game, where you had to like switch the port for your controller to continue fighting the boss. Oh, was it Earthbound? I, I might it have might, been. That, that was on NES or SNES, but there was one like that, and I was like, that sounds absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And who figured that out? Like they were like, maybe my controller's not working, and just like plugged it into the second one and kept going and didn't realize it. There's but also that they did shit like that. Speaking of like those Easter eggs that are just fucking out there, there's also that one from Metal Gear Solid where he scans your PS3 fucking memory card. Yeah. And he's like, hmm, it seems you play a lot of Castlevania, huh? It's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, if you had the specific save and you got to, I think, a certain point, he would do that. And it's pretty funny because it's like it's such a weird fourth wall break with the company itself. It's like releasing all it's these games. Kon- Konami. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, what, what is that fucker's name? <laughs> oh, what's, the, what's the guy that made? What's the guy? <laughs> Thank you, Kojima. Thank you, Kojima. Literally every time I can. Thank you, Kojima. It's like thanks, Obama. But oh, hey, can I, can I get a, can I get a glass of water, dude? What the yeah, fuck yeah, I, you I got you. Thank you, Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> You should make that into a sticker. I thanks, would thanks, absolutely. Kojima. Thank you, Kojima. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Metroidvania would later become one of the like bigger kind of side-scrolling things. You see it in all your indie titles now. Hollow Knight, Shovel Knight, yep. um, Ori in the Blind Forest, Celeste. Everything is uh, basically a pastiche of what Castlevania Symphony of the Night is because it had so much influence and so much grasp on the balls of the gaming community. <laughs> yeah, everyone fucking loved that game. <laughs> I don't think it really got any bad reviews, unless it was just like one or two games. They're like, "What the fuck is this?" It was. It was basically perfect. It was as perfect as. And the get. music. Yep. Go go look on YouTube for the music and just play through like the whole album for the game or the original soundtrack. Sounds like our intro. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. That ours is designed to be really kind of like that. Similar to that. I, I really love 
uh, Castlevania the games because like they just those are my favorite games. Side scrollers that you just beat monsters and find items. I love side scrollers. Platforming is super fun to do. Yeah, I used to play. Uh, do you guys remember Metal Slug? Of course. Fuck yeah, I play that game so much. Put so many fucking quarters in that machine. Well, what I did is I had um I had a PSP and they had Metal Slug like four or five on it. So I just used to carry that around and play it all the time. That's fucking dope. Yeah, it's fucking hard. Like, I had to just do the, like, the infinite live shit so I could even get through, like, half of the game. You have to save your bombs. Yeah. Because you, you only have, like, three per level. Yeah, And exactly. you're just like, I'm about to die, bomb. <laughs> uh, the music is available to stream now. It just got available to stream within the last three years on Spotify. Nice. You got to look under Castlevania Sound Team. And then I know for a fact that one through four, as well as uh, Bloodlines and Symphony of the Night, have releases on vinyl through Mondo Media. I was able. Oh shit! I was able to talk to Mo Fashik, the guy who runs the vinyl for Castlevania for Mondo, and he was telling me that he plans to do as many Castlevania games as Konami will let him legally do. <laughs> Yo, so that's legit. Vinyl's cool. You know, I want I, I if there's vinyl of anything, I would definitely want it for this. But you know what is also cool? Our paid no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're we're gonna start offering that on our website. Our fucking Patreon. Just fucking vinyls. <laughs> God. But yeah, I mean, there's not much to say. The influence is wide and it appeals to everyone. I shared that meme on my uh, Instagram earlier where it was just like all the knights pointing the sword at Castlevania. I love that And it that was just shit. like goth girls, metalheads, <laughs> horror enthusiasts, old school video game nerds, and fucking fuckboys. It's just like Castlevania brings us all together. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. That meme is so fucking dumb. <laughs> vampires are cool. It's a uniting thing, these vampires. Yeah. If a girl comes to me and she says, hey, I like Castlevania, I'm just like, sick. When are we going on our date? I haven't heard anyone mention Castlevania recently besides just the TV show. I feel like people haven't played the games in quite a while. And if you try to go look for one of these games, they're still sold for a pretty high amount. Like one of the one of the like the PlayStation games is still selling for like 80 bucks. First edition Symphony of the Night. How much you think? Oh, like probably like a hundred. Four hundred. Fuck. All right. But the good news is you could also emulate these things for oh, free. Totally. But at the same time, they just released the Castlevania collection for Xbox and PS3. Yeah. Which has one through four, I believe. And it has Bloodlines and Kid Dracula, which was a Japanese knockoff game where you play as baby Dracula. Destroying little baby dragons and werewolves. That sounds adorable. I need it. It's, it was for the Game Boy. I have a Game Boy. Did you know that Soldier Boy made a Game Boy? And he called it the Soldier Boy. No, he didn't. And then he go. He went to court. <laughs> Wait, whoa, no. Back up. Back up. Back up. He tried to make a knockoff. He was making one of those knockoffs. It's like, hey, my, my console is going to have up to fucking 500 games built in. It was just an emulator Wow, system. he's doing those things they sell in like Chinatown where you yeah. go and you're like, yo, this has like every Pokemon game on it imaginable. You want it for like 50 bucks? And I was like, I don't know, man. This seems kind of sketch. 
Yeah, this it's not action replay. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking action replay. Holy shit! I haven't even mentioned that in a while. Just like the cheating like tool to use on everything. Game Shark and Game Shark. Remember Game Shark? Yeah, it was action yeah. replay. Game Shark. I feel like there's one more. I used to just borrow my friends for Pokemon. They're like, "What are you getting it for?" I'm like, "I just need money. I just need money." She's like, "You know what? <laughs> I need my rare candies." <laughs> That's it. I just would get a, l- a bunch of money and then I'd go back to playing it like normal. <laughs> She's like, yeah, these 500 Master Balls, all legit. Oh, right. That's yeah. like the same kid who has like a six fucking Pokemon uh, crew that's all shiny. They're like, yeah, I totally caught these. It's fine. Yeah, my one in 100,832 chance of me getting a shiny. <laughs> I did spend a long time in one of those games trying to get like a shiny version of a Pokemon, but I never got anything. I saw a stream... And a guy was specifically just trying to catch a coffee and just a regular everyday coffee. The motherfucker found a shiny <laughs> and it almost self-destructed on itself. That would have been great. He was just like, okay, I'm looking for, oh my fuck. You just hear like n- absolutely just like noise through the fucking microphone. <gasps> <laughs> <Just like, laughs> anyway, I feel like this is a good segue point for the show. Castlevania. It is. Uh, it's currently available on Netflix. Yes. And it's a Netflix original, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So this is uh, not a kid's cartoon. No. <laughs> it is violent. It has a lot of sex, a lot of nudity. It's very sad. And it's very sad. There's not, there's not that much sex in it. There really isn't that much sex in it. There's some boob. There, like in the <laughs> last, in like in like the boobs. last season, there's a couple. There, like there's that's a, the most sexual the show true. gets. Is yeah, at the very yeah, end of real. the third season. Other than that, at the very beginning, the closest you get is hearing about people implying they want to bang someone or some guy fucking his goat, <laughs> which I'll get into later because I love all of that. <laughs> oh my anyway. god! So the thing was, Castlevania was just one of those franchises by Konami that they know that if they want to make money, they just make a DS game of. But then they realize, hey, we could probably throw a fucking show at Netflix. And with the first season of Castlevania, you could tell that it's a pilot. It's so good. It's really good. But the, the thing is, like, the animation is not as good as compared. And that's what happens with a lot of shows during their first season or first couple Oh, yeah, couple they didn't episodes. have that much money behind it. The animation's great for the first season. I mean, the first season of that show. It's perfect. What are you talking about? You're crazy. In comparison to the other seasons, I think though? that's sort of unfair, though, because they had a lot of money by the third season. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> for, like, com- compare it to, like, other first seasons of other shows, it's doing pretty good. Like, have you ever seen, uh, what is it, Knights of Cydonia on Netflix? First, no, I have not, actually. The first season of that, the animation's wonky very weird like 3d animation they, well you they did like the cell shading sort of thing yeah, which, exactly. which castlevania just doesn't do at all no it never touch it just keeps it all one animated it looks like way. almost like the traditional animation where you're like drawing it it was so close to that mm-hmm. and i felt like it worked really well for it i liked it uh and i like binge watched that first season so quickly i i watched first season and then I had to wait for the second and then I had to wait for the third because I just was, like, watching them all the way through. There's only, like, five episodes for each one. They're so short. Uh, the uh, No, the uh, so the first season's got, like, five to six. Yeah. Uh, the second one's eight. And then you got ten for the third yeah. one. So they're slowly, like, I think they just did a short run of it to get the best quality they could out of that many seasons to see if it caught on. And right. it did. Like, yeah, people love, love yeah. it. Um, real quick, the first and second seasons adapt the third Castlevania game, Dracula's Curse as well as Symphony of the Night. And then the second 
and third still borrow uh, characters and elements from uh, Castlevania Curse of Darkness. It should be noted, though, that in all the Castlevania games, a central plot line is, hey, we should get Dracula back into the into the world because he's cool and he kills things and I like him and I don't want to fuck him. But, you know, <laughs> humans will always try to resurrect this foo I'm for thinking, some reason. I'm thinking if they continue it, it's when he's going to make his return because he's pissed off that they're like straight up harassing him after he's just trying to spend time with his wife in hell. Um, it, it's like, it, that's the thing with fucking in symphony of the night in the beginning. It's like, I must kill you monster. It's like, I was called upon by humans. I didn't ask for this. <laughs> he really is like, why the fuck are you even here? Get out of my castle. Um, one more thing to note. It is directed by Adi Shankar, but, it is written by Warren Ellis, who Mitch has a, quite a mouthful to talk about. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> uh, Warren Ellis is pretty awesome. Uh, it's pretty much the reason. In my, I would I would argue that Warren Ellis is the reason why the show's good. Like, arguably, his writing is really good. His dialogue is unique. From you'll never hear the phrase "snake fuckingly." "Quote unquote snake fuckingly" in anything other than something Warren Ellis writes, you will never hear the quote "God shits in my dinner once again" <laughs> ever. You will never hear an interesting, intense conversation about a man fucking a goat. God, that's it's so something funny. that Warren Ellis is like not a part of. Like that's it's great. <laughs> Can you give us an example of what? other things he's worked on uh so warren ellis also wrote a a really good comic uh known as trans metropolitan which came out in like the late 90s ended around like the early 2000s yeah uh probably about 60 issues is probably one of my favorite comic series so i am heavily biased here but <laughs> it's a great like it's a really good comic about you know like lots of social commentary it's like cyberpunk is all fuck um and then he also wrote like another book of his I read was Crooked Little Vein. He did another comic series called The Authority. Um, he doesn't do any penmanship. He just writes. Um, he's done a few other books, and he does a bunch of blogs. Um, so, yeah. no, uh, He's a self-declared humanist, which is heavily evident in this work. Yeah. Particularly. Um, just, like, the idea of the value of human life, that all humans inherently have value. Some sort of value. Uh, and I think that's that's explained a lot or explored a lot in this show and whatnot. Like every single person in, like every character is important to the overall plot line. Yeah, they all have a lot that they're going through for their own story arcs. Mm -hmm. Starting with like season one, um, you have Dracula in his castle with a bunch of like people spiked in front of his lawn, just like nothing. And he's like super like kind of weirded out that like a human woman is just trying to like step into his life he's like do you know what i'm capable of right and she like totally falls in love with him um, she's like a scientist and it, it's super cool because like back in those times scientists were regarded as heresy yeah exactly. or heretics their science cannot go above the church at all the church's rule is law and if you question it you will be burned at the stake which is exactly what happens to her yeah whack 
Um, but also, like, the most intense curse he gives upon anybody. That was fucking <laughs> tight. It tar- start, starts off in the, uh, the was the country of Wallachia, yeah. yep. uh, which is an actual uh, area of Romania. Oh, shit. So right next to uh, Transylvania. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right where, yeah. Uh, so that's where the whole series, if you guys, a little bit of, like, geographical knowledge on, like, it's an actual place that they're, they're I did not know in. that was a real place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wallachia is a, real, is a real historical place in Romania. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. The curse is nuts. Like he, oh, yeah. he gives them one year to basically like rid their <laughs> what, like basically cleanse themselves and like yeah. what? I don't know what he's. Like, he gives them. He gives them a year to leave Wallachia. Yeah, he oh, wants, yeah. He so wants them to like leave with their religion because that's pretty much what killed his wife. I'm kind of surprised that he waited a year, but he's got forever. Well, so yeah, yeah it, it's this is another like another the distaste for religion and how like religious groups are viewed as another humanist trait as another humanist thing that's explored in this one as well. Um, and that's just kind of evident. It's very evident as like who the writer is as a person too and and whatnot. Um, but yeah, you're kind of really on Dracula's side, and this is what makes him such a compelling character in yeah, the show in the first the place, through. is because he's you're like, he's reasonable. You just burned his wife at the stake. He's given you a full year to leave before he slaughters all of you. I'm I'm kind of like, you know what? Yeah. All right. He's all right. The curse, like when it begins, because the thing is they're like celebrating. They're like, it's been a, w- a year since we've killed the witch. Like, nothing's gonna happen. Dracula's a fucking cuck. <laughs> like <laughs> There, God is real, and he is here, people. And then all of a sudden... And then there's a massacre. <laughs> let's just be real. It starts raining blood Slayer style. Yeah. And dude, fucking baby demons are just falling from the sky. And I got to say, this fucking intro, this is like, what, the first or second episode? It just fucking wraps you in. You're like, God, this is fucked. <laughs> I, I love I love the that opening episode of Castlevania will make you be like I'm in yeah I'm fully committed to this series now. Watch the rest of it. You hear uh, the Gregorian chant at the end of the first episode. You're like, continue. <laughs> will I watch more? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Netflix shit where it's like, are you still watching? I uh, yeah, I really I I think that the first episode really does set the set the tone for the rest of it. Uh, it also just it does a good job of setting up Dracula as an easily understood villain. Um, he's kind of got that Thanos complex or that uh, was the Joker complex and et cetera, et cetera, where they're like really good villains. At first, really he was kind of just bored. Like he wasn't really doing anything. He wasn't killing a whole bunch of people. He just wanted to live in his castle. Yeah. He even says that he stopped staking people a long yeah. time ago. Like he's he bored of it. Yeah, he didn't care much for it. And then this woman came into his life and it was something completely new. And so he's like, yeah, I'm cool with this. But then they go and murder her. And he even says he's like he was trying to live like a man. He's walking around. He was like getting food and groceries. And then as soon as his, he finds out his wife has been killed, he's like, fuck this. He like starts flying and goes and burns the whole village. So he's like, this is really what changes his mood about everything. And then from then on, he's like, yep, time to exterminate all humans. It, it's another interesting point that's explored in this series as well. And it's explored a little bit with Trevor too, where you have like two sides of how does love affect people? Right. So you have like the love that, that humanizes someone and makes them more aware of who they are as a person, explore themselves more. And then you have the love that completely dehumanizes someone, which is Dracula's case where his love is taken from him. And so he turns it into a very like abusive and destructive path that he goes down. Other, other than love, there's like a giant, uh, I guess you could say just area of, focus with trevor of lineage and heritage and just like uh 
being a legend within the, the area. Yeah, everybody his, knows the Belmont name. If you have the sigil, you are a, an aristocrat and you are just like a fucked up fucking like hierarchy of person. You are better than everyone that's in the fucking area around you. An interesting point on that also is uh, if we wanted to bring Bram Stoker's Dracula into this, into how Castlevania and Bram Stoker's Dracula both explore class in in different ways. You've got Dr- Dracula in um, Bram Stoker's book is more so like he's the like a, a noble. He like feeds off the peasantry essentially, and he kind of basically does whatever he wants. Uh, and then you have like nobility for Trevor Belmont, which is honestly kind of a negative stain on him because of how the church has influenced all the people of Wallachia. So they're sort of just like, you brought all this bullshit on us. You've do- dealt with these people. That's what the common man believes anyway, which is our goat fucker guy <laughs> who like accuses him of all of this. And that's like your peasant representation. Yeah. He, uh, Trevor is also like not your typical fancy aristocrat. He's like, He's really vulgar. He's kind of like messy most of the time. He Super just wants drunk. to dr- always wants to drink. He's a drunk. <laughs> like he's always I, looking I to get it. a beer. And but he but he's a really good demon hunter. Yeah. Like he, regardless. He could kick ass at the same time as like he's very vulgar, like you said, and he kicks balls. <laughs> the dude like literally will just like kick you in the nards to get the upper. Oh hand. yeah, he does he doesn't fight like fairly or cleanly. Does not give a fuck. Um and then we have like Sypha who is just like She's great. Your, your student style, where she's just trying to figure out herself within the seek, uh, speaker, kind of like a hierarchy. She's trying to get up to a point where she's not just doing regular conjuration and like altercation kind of magic. She's trying to fucking like actually have powers and actually do shit yeah. and get to that higher point of being a speaker. I'm glad that she like levels up. As the show goes on, she starts doing some crazy magic at some point. Season three, Sypha is just fucked. And season two, Sypha She's is so powerful. crazy. It's great. There's that, like, uh, season one, it just goes through and we f- we figure out, you know, Alucard is within there and he's he hates his dad. Oh my God, that's a whole nother thing. We'll get yeah. to that. The same thing, like, he is at a, he's in a battle with himself because he is half vampire, half human yeah. because of his mother. So he has a thing where he's like, dad, like these humans don't deserve this. Even if they were born like yesterday, like not all of them deserve to fucking die at the same time. Like I understand our lineage and what we do as vampires. And I even like, I even sample uh, a Castlevania quote in the the music I make. There was one part where he was like, there are no innocents, not anymore. Uh. No one is innocent within this time because of the loss that Dracula has faced. Yep. Yeah. He's still, he's going to be pissed forever. Um, but Alucard definitely, you know, has some daddy issues. Doesn't want to fucking, <laughs> doesn't want to deal with his daddy anymore oh, because he's man. over it. That's like that ends up being one of the sadder stories throughout the series when he is just lonely. Alucard is lonely and just wants people to hang out with him, and that couple shows up and just completely betrays him. Oh, Sumi and Yumi. Yeah. The uh, yeah. the brother and sister from Japan. Yeah. Which. I already knew they were going to be trammed the minute they came on screen. Whack. It's another, it's another going back to that, that aspect of love dehumanizing someone, how yeah. it can both humanize and dehumanize somebody at the end. At that point, Alucard becomes very much like his father yep, at the he very spears end. spears them in front of yep. his castle. Yep. Impales it's them. Glorious. Uh, and uh, if we go back to season two, if we go back to season two and you have one of the most tragic moments and probably one of my favorite parts of, of the Castlevania series, which is where 
Dracula and Alucard are fighting. Yeah. And he's, like, throwing Alucard through walls and, like, all these walls. He's doing all the boss fight moves yeah. he could ever do, ever. And then he beats him into, like, his childhood room. Yeah. And then, like, that's when Dracula breaks down. It's just like, I'm killing my boy right now. This is my son that I'm murdering. And it's this really tragic, like, like gothic real. It's like it's like the most goth thing you could have thrown in there. <laughs> like it's so like it's so like death is the answer now. What am I doing? Right. He sort wants to uh, go see his wife, so he's like, "Fuck it." <laughs> yeah. Season two hits you differently from season one. Season one is like, "Okay, we're gonna go on an adventure. We're gonna kill some shit. This is sick." Season two is like, "Bam, sadness. Bam, death. Bam, fuck you and everything you thought." Yeah. I mean, it has and, season two's the, got a the uh, the vampire aristocrats. Yeah, he's got all the politics, which is what I was going to bring up as well. So there's a lot of politics and all their backstabbing and stuff like that. In yeah, it. they're gonna live forever. They don't want to get stuck with someone. And I gotta <laughs> yeah. say, the two of my favorite characters, the Forge Masters, dude. Yeah, they're tight. Isaac Hector and, and Isaac Hector. Yep. Although Hector's a little cuck, but uh, no. <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> I'm thinking of the right people, right? Isaac is like the black dude. Yeah, he's the bald one. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah, that guy's awesome. I love that dude. The other guy, what the fuck? What the uh, fuck? He spends half the show in shackles, and then when he's finally able to escape, he ends up being yeah, like a little Carmilla, bitch. Well, Carmilla does it to him. Come on, dude. She kind of does though. I was like, they like Stockholm syndrome. That guy. Yeah, pretty hard. They like, they like, they like treat him pretty awfully. Like, they, and then they yeah. like put a ring on him where he gets stuck, and then he just can't like. They, yep. Yeah, yep. it gets wild. But yeah, those guys were fucking, they're awesome. I like that Isaac keeps going around and being like, you know, I need to give humans a chance. Like, they need to be given a chance. And then somebody just, like, wrongs him. And he's like, nope, fuck it. I'm going to kill That's them it. all. <laughs> There's always someone that always, someone, Isaac always wants to be better. And yeah. then he just can't. <laughs> like, the it world happens, won't like, let him be better. five times where no. someone just tries to mug him. And, and he's, he's like, like, he's like, are we really, like, again? Yeah. <laughs> like, again? He's like, I wanted to give humans a chance, and you were the first example. Looks like you are going to be turned into one of my army. What did you fucking say? Yo, but his fucking his attack on that tower. That was fucking awesome. So cool. One of the coolest scenes in probably the whole series because he expends like all of the energy he can to get to the top of the tower to kill like, I don't know, a wizard. Mm. (laughs) I don't really know what he is. He's like a necromancer, maybe. Yeah, he's a necromancer from Diablo (laughs) 2. Yep. Uh, But the thing is, he he meets an old speed, old forge master. From the previous town over, who tells tells of of the tale of there were a lot of people that used to live in this town. Oh, the old lady. But the uh, magician came and he made them slaves. And the slaves on their symbolism, and they have the crown of thorns all upon yeah, them. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the fucking the hive mind, the yeah. hive mind zombies at the end of that series. Jesus. See, I like just recently watched it, so I remember the p- big plot points, but I forget that fight. That fight's amazing. Yeah, he like holy shit. He I'm has sorry, to my char- reaction, delayed reaction. <laughs> he has to like charge in there to like they reach make the tower. The yeah. giant ball of people. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like trying to grab him and everything. And he ends up, yeah, he ends up killing like the main mind and bringing the whole thing down. Yeah, it was so sick because uh, there was that time where he he's about to kill the dude, and the dude literally puts the crown of thorns on him, and you're like, oh, this is fucked. Yeah, he's done. And then he fucking deflects it with his blade and is able to actually apprehend the guy. And the guy's clothes fall right off. Yeah. Like all his robes and shit. And then he needed more bodies for an army. So that's why he went and killed this guy. Cause I'm about to take his army. They didn't want to burn the ho- uh, the town down either. They wanted to yeah. either leave it as like a base or a monument to everything that he's fucking doing. Yeah. He is trying to get an army from hell 
to basically get revenge on the vampires that in season two basically betrayed him because uh yeah with the politics in season two we get a lot of vampires from a lot of different areas that are trying to flesh out dracula's plan i love that they're all just trying to kill each other that's <laughs> the, the whole time shit. through <laughs> yeah i mean it's kind of like they don't like the idea of murdering all the humans because no. that's their food, their food source yeah. to them yeah so they don't think that what he's doing is the right they're just like he's just killing himself really it's the world's longest suicide note yeah. <laughs> ever basically uh godbrand is a name that comes up a lot a lot of fans like him because he's dumb and horny <laughs> the, the, Truth. Guy, the guy who's just like he he looks beastly like he's got all his hair he's got the big teeth he's like scottish i think he's like I'm yeah he sounds scottish <laughs> yeah. he's like trying to eat at the same time he's trying to fuck god that's like, so funny i want to fuck i want to come at the same time i want to eat like you're just like <laughs> you could do one bud you can't do both at the same time he's hilarious i, I loved him in the show and his death, Isaac is a true fucking, a true homie. Yeah, for what, real. Because he figures out that Godbrand is having a plan to overthrow him. And that's when Isaac comes through with the giant stab in the heart and throws his ashes within the winds. Yeah. Fuck. I forget. Yeah. That's like, that ends up being pretty important because he was pretty committed to Dracula up until a little bit after that when he realizes that they just weren't going to use him anymore. And him and Hector have their own dilemma where they want to go their separate ways, but they feel like they should stay together because they pretty much grew up together. It, you want to like root for Isaac, but he's doing terrible things. At the same time, you want to root for Hector, but a little bit less. I he was, definitely rooted for Isaac all the way through. Yeah, the That's thing great. is, like with Hector, he was like born a Forge Master. He was able to reanimate the cats that he killed. Which, yeah. Uh, side note: in horror, we all know this. Uh, if you're a serial killer, you kill cats when you're young. Kill I mean, small animals. I, I don't. I think his other animals got killed by other people a lot of the time. They were his pets, and that's why yeah. he would bring them back because other people would kill his oh, pets. Maybe another another example of love demonizing somebody <laughs> in the show. <laughs> Every and even reasons. and even even in Isaac's, he the pers- the man that he loves like just continues to beat him. Another example. <laughs> another like it's all over this fucking series there, like it's crazy there's a big part that plays into this series with the uh, attack on brela where they're trying to figure out the way to stop the castle from moving from area to area because it could teleport and cypher and uh rick it's not richter sorry trevor go into the uh old belmont hold where they have all the secrets and all the magical fucking items from symphony of the night to be able to use against the yeah, the he gets like a army. flail, the morning star, the morning star, yeah, which is like the coolest thing. Which he could fucking make demons explode. Yeah. with with just a touch, with just a touch. I, I love I love in the first season where like where he uses the whip and it blows stuff up, and he's just like, by the way, the whip's consecrated, and that's like the only explanation. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and the show is just kind of thrown in there, like, oh yeah, by the way, don't worry about it. And it's like it's so well done that I'm not even mad. Like it's so great how it's just in there because you never see it come out for like anything like undead ever until it's first used, and then it explains why. Yeah, <laughs> the action scenes within this are incredible. Oh god, yes. They mirror the game so much with the magic that Saifa uses where she uses ice and fireballs and like basically gusts of like fire to project herself. Yeah, that shit's cool. There, season three, they had that thing where uh, fucking St. Germain was in like a weird glass shield 
and she like made it like collapse on each other to chop some dude's arm oh, off. Oh, that's right. She was trying to protect him with like ice. Nuts. And then like creatures in fucking Castlevania games explode when you get the upgraded whip always. <laughs> so like these this super animation cuz the thing is with Trevor Belmont, he always like has it around his leg and he kicks it up throws it around it fucking ricochets off shit and just explodes everything in fucking sight the action here they use like npcs and mobs from the games yeah for the undead so like when i was watching the first season i saw the first two mini bosses within this working together like they do in symphony in the night and i was just fucking coming everywhere dude <laughs> <laughs> And then they'll take over the castle in season two when they do the reprise of fucking Bloody Tears with orchestra with an orchestra. It's so cool. Alucard turns into a wolf. Sypha literally grabs someone's head and just blasts it off with fire. It's it's a great scene. And like that is probably the the most memorable uh, one of the most memorable scenes in season two. Yeah, that that fight where they fight all the vampire generals in the castle. Yeah, yeah, they get fucking wiped that, too. That yeah, they get wrecked. They wreck them like so hard. It's so good. I uh, I thought that going back to season three with the Sumi and Yumi with uh, how they like explain how their vampire general worked. She was not a part of like the official Chinese or was it Japanese or Chinese government? Uh, Japanese. Yeah, they were under like this this vampire lord. Who was who was forced sounds like an empire? But yeah, nobody nobody knew that she was a vampire. So yeah. they would have hard like guys who come to duel her, trucking yeah. warriors, right? Who have killed hundreds to face her, and she would just fucking desecrate them within minutes. Uh, usually eat them <laughs> yeah. afterwards. Just have her entire empire just watch. Yeah, and nobody could leave. That was like the biggest thing. And, that, and that's why it sets up for the betrayal because they're so afraid of the uh, politics that happen within their own uh, empire. They don't yeah. want that shit to repeat. So they're going to Alucard to get like information, things to kill vampires. And he's like, well, perfect. My house is literally in front of the Belmont Hold, which I think is fucking awesome that the Belmont Hold becomes his basement. Right. It, essentially, he's like, yeah. These, enti- these two families that have been pitted against each other for generations are coming together because they're friends and they don't want to fucking fight anymore. Right. They just want to live together in peace and harmony. And then he almost gets killed. But <laughs> after he gets fucked. Yo, uh, good for them for having a bisexual sexual scene for them. It, it really surprised me. I didn't think they were going to go there. I didn't either, actually. I thought that they were just going to kind of hint at it. But then they were like, nope, we're going to have a threesome right now that's definitely it's kind of weird because they're brother and sister that's that's what weirded me out too yeah, i was that, like they're siblings <laughs> what's going on you know you know i just, i mean i'm not gonna attribute it to my man my man warren ellis over here but that's totally something that he would write some 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 like some like taboo right shit this dude this dude all right like warren ellis wrote an entire scene in one of his books that involves godzilla bukake oh two God. things you never thought would be together in one thing i'm in so there what, you, go. you just yeah. die it's just apparently he describes it as a man like and there's a guy jerking off with a lizard glove in the theater that he's in because he's a private investigator and he's following a case in this book and then he like Holy has to go to like he follows the guy to like a weird jerk off 
movie, basically. So it's such Kiwi a weird Herman. fucking book. Anyway, but anyway, so I'm not surprised <laughs> this was in here. Like I was like, when is weird sex stuff gonna happen? I mean, this is Warren Ellis. Like, when is yeah. weird shit gonna happen? He also yeah. did not tell them everything. He didn't tell them about his magical sword, which was what saved him. Yep. Comes to his att- comes to his aid and kills both of them. And he just he cuts them to ribbons and then fucking uh, impales them outside his castle yeah, and cries. Yeah, more. he's so upset, and then he's just like, well, time to do what my dad did and start impaling people. <laughs> Which the magic sword is a familiar within the games as well. It follows you, and it actually cuts people up. Yep. But um, what I thought was very very powerful about that scene was Hector was also fucking at that same time. You get the cuts in between both of these sex scenes. Oh, when he was... Um, when uh, he's fucking the vampire chick that's, like, super into him, quote-unquote. She is, like, ruthless. <laughs> the vampire sisters are nuts. Yeah, yeah they're all... I love, I love them. Yeah. They're great. They're like, well, if we get more troops, we could get more troops, but we'll, like, lose our food. And it's just like, no, 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 that, that plan's not going to fucking work. Like, I like no, 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 that they let's, had... Let's, like, station all the communities over here yeah. so that we can just slowly... We'll just have them breed, like like cattle over there and then we'll just collect them because the funny thing about humans is you leave them safe for about two minutes and they get fucking <laughs> yeah that's like a, like the actual line they're like basically saying they fuck like rabbits and they're just like it's okay we'll have a lot of humans in a little bit because they're they're all they're gonna be there for fucking ever and they're hilarious they have like a fucking cabinet that has blood in it and it's just like specialty wines yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have in the cabinet and they're just constantly drinking out of a goblet i'm like this is really funny and it's all women like it's this cool women council of vampires that are just all ruthless and all want their own things like the the girl who takes control of uh hector she like has him as like her plaything. yeah because uh hector was a slave who was forced to walk 400 miles with the dead army that failed at brayla also, that kill scene at Brela, dude, where oh. they, they get the speaker to fucking bless the holy water. Yeah. And they destroy, like, all of the army. Yeah, that was Nuts. great. But Hector is basically in shackles, comes through, and is, like, basically a puppy to this chick because he is powerless God, what and is can't her name? Do, do you know what her name was? I'll look it up. Was it Camille? Camilla is the uh, the main one, the one that we saw from season two. Carmella. 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 Yes. That's right. It was Carmella. Did the taboo murdered her vampire master? Yeah, she's yep. like, fuck this dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have, uh, what is it? Her name is Lenore, I believe. Oh. And then we have Marana, the strategist, and Striga, the military member. Striga's great because she's just a giant woman. <laughs> <laughs> Super she deep is the voice. Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah deep ass voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it mother Russia, we crush your face. That's what they do. But with My season dies. three, it's, it's kind of like drawn out. Over the whole season, like, there's a cult that's trying to resurrect Dracula, just like in the games. Yep. And they have a fucking demon within there that could open the gates to hell. Yeah, and they get real fucking close. (laughs) And that, what, that priest dude, or the guy, the mayor that runs the town, fucking weirdo. Oh. (laughs) Oh, the guy who was, like, killing kids? Yeah, he (laughs) sets up traps under the apple tree for children, like, and they don't. They, he mentions it early on, and they don't find out until after it's over that he did that. Yeah, he so was then, basically like making them run over. Yeah, he was basically yeah he was basically doing that, and so 
at the end, you're like, who's worse, like the leader, the mayor of this town, or the fucking cult leader yeah. that's like bringing Dracula back? Like, who's worse here? Probably the mayor. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's, it's, that's why Cypher's just like, I just want to leave this fucking place. Yeah, right exactly. Now. They're just like, I'm over all of this. Can we just not? Let's it's just not. Season three is really lonely because, like, but it's not because Cypher and Trevor they have a relationship. Yeah, they, they form a pretty good relationship. They are. They work together. Like, oh, you're just going to be a fucking drunk that fights people. Go for it. Whatever. I'll yeah. be over here being smart and sophisticated. Well, they enjoy killing demons together. It's they, super sick. They think about, like, settling down for a moment, and they're like, but, like, the adventure. <laughs> and so they're like, yeah, let's fucking go. And they both they decide to leave because they got, they got too used to being on the road, like, but in their the wagon and shit. and the experience. Yeah. Come and the armor. And the armor and the secret <laughs> items. Duh. Great. And I, I feel like it's a – Stark contrast to Alucard, who's so fucking lonely that he makes dolls of his friends. It makes me... After one month. Oh, that's true. He I really love does. that. He has them talk and shout shit at each yeah. other. Oh, it's so funny. I love it. He, I like that he's there drinking his wine and eating a meal while they're doing that. I forget that because he's half human, he can actually eat. Like, he probably doesn't have to eat that often, but he can still eat regular meals. Yeah, he, like, has a garden. Yeah. And he hunts. And goes and cooks stuff. It's very... Like you said, it brings human to a character that isn't really all that human. Yeah. Well, he's, like, stuck in between, so he has to constantly be, like, dealing with that. Yeah. So my question is, where do you think we're going to go with season four, though? Uh, Well, Dracula's definitely going to come back. Uh, And then he's probably going to come back and find his son. My guess is that his son's going to be pissy just like him, and he's going to be like, oh, you know what? It's time to bring you into the family, and they're going to go on a rampage. And then Sypha and Trevor are going to have to stop him. I think that's what's going to happen. Season three is going to have season four. You, season four whoa. Yep. Yeah. Season four is going to have Carmela, Carmela's military action going into play with all of her Hector nonsense. And then you've got Isaac who's going to come up to probably fight them with all of his nonsense. Right. So then you're going to have the battle of the two like forge masters. forge masters. Dracula might come back. Maybe at the end. Maybe at the end of season four. I don't think that'll be the main focus of season four, though. I think That's they're fair. I think they're ramping up everything. Right. I think that what what season three showed is that Dracula could be brought back. It's a possibility, and that there might be another character working on it. Oh, okay. I think that's what it established anyway. And they use the mirrors to like look upon each other, um, as well as like portals within different dimensions. There was one part where Saint Germain has a nightmare and he sees a literal robot in his fucking dream. That shit weirded me out. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. He was like ha- having psychedelic dreams about it. And he's like, God, I remember I would just like fucking not care for sleep. And now all I want is some fucking sleep. This makes me think about how I really liked the voice actors for all of the characters. They're all so unique. And I felt like the voice for Belmont was, like, perfect. Richard Armitage? Yeah, like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Kills it every time. Yeah. I, I've enjoyed, like, all the voice acting for this show. I thought they did a really good job. Like, with something like this, um, it gets it gets compared to anime a lot. Yeah, it's fair. It just, it, 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 <laughs> which is fair. Yeah, which is fair. But I feel like, I feel like what sets this show apart from a lot of things that take the similar animation style is... And maybe even like do the we hunt monsters, we kill the bad guys sort of thing is they just I don't know if their dialogue is going to be as unique or this or it's going to be as like samey, you know, as Castlevania is Castlevania has its own thing. And that is I largely believe it's just because Ellis is writing it. 
Like, I don't think that if he didn't wasn't involved, I don't think it would be as good or as interesting. Probably not. No. I don't know. Unless they, I mean, maybe if they got, like, some somebody else that really liked the source material. It seems like he really does like the source material a lot. I do have to say I am surprised that it was, like, him. Like, just him. Yeah. Like, he's the sole writer on it, and because uh, that's a lot of content. And a lot of things to keep juggling. Jeez. I would have expected like a writer's room. Yeah. So many for something like twists. that. Yeah, yeah, but nah, but I think it's good that it's coming from one person. Yeah. And you get one solid, like there is yeah. no opinions on, oh, we should do something different with this <laughs> character because it would, no, it would improve our viewership. He's just like, nope, I'm fucking making this. Yeah. What yeah. up, J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson? Oh. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> we calling you out. <laughs> uh, are you talking about the new Star Wars movie? Shh. <laughs> bar- Please bar- let's go over this. Bruh, barely anybody knows who Ellis is, and he's doing better than you. <laughs> <laughs> Good shit, bruh. Oh man, bruh. That's, that's fucking great. He's doing better than Martin uh, too. I think, actually completes his shit. I think Ooh, season four anyway. is going to be the big battle with uh, both Forge Masters. Yeah. yeah, I think I think they're going to get what they both expected. I think uh, Hector is going to actually win at the same time Isaac is actually going to see a good amount of people die. Yeah. I oh, totally. They're going to have what they both want fulfilled. But with Dracula coming back, it's going to both be meaningless. Uh, that's Yeah. I feel like that's accurate. And I feel like it'll Tra- probably go out to like five or six seasons. Honestly, the fact that it keeps getting greenlit is fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm excited and I'm happy that Castlevania is in Man. such a state. It was like when they made The Witcher and they were done. They're like, yeah, so we're going to make like three more seasons of this. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just so good for the first season. They have so much source material yeah. to work off of that they can make something good out of it. Totally. I think. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Castlevania. So, what would you guys rate the series? As a fan, it's... Uh, just good out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a ten too. Fuck it. I, I I'm a I'm a fanboy for for Warren Ellis. Like and and I love the animation stuff. There's so much. There's too many good things to be said about the series. It's just fucking dope. It's just good. It's made by people who love it. This is as yeah. of season three. So season four, he could fuck up. You know, he's old. <laughs> old people fuck up all the time. You know, it could be trash after this. What up? But Ernie? so far, it's fucking. I love it. It gets my seal of approval. Uh, I agree. I would do. I would give it a ten because uh, while I was watching it, I liked every piece of it, and it had a lot of good pieces. So it had really good music, really good voice acting. The writing is good. It's not like weak writing in any sense. Like they're usually getting at something pretty deep with most of these things. And then the animation wasn't like fucking god awful. So I was like, this is really cool. I liked all the action scenes. There's one scene I have to mention though. Which is the scene where the demon walks into the church with the priest there. Oh, your God. God doesn't love you, <laughs> but we love you because without you, we wouldn't be here. I love that. And There's... then let me give you a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Rips him apart. Yeah. A demon in the house of God. This is but a room with four walls. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. The thing is, Castlevania takes giant horror elements. Yeah. And just pushes it to the extreme within demons and religion uh, symbolism. And it has done that within its games. Uh, whether you were a kid in the 80s, frustratingly fucking throwing your NES controller because you fucking hate that platforming part. Or if you're just a fucking 32-year-old adult just being like, hey, I want to check out this show on Netflix. <laughs> the horror influence is vivid and it's here to stay within the series always. 
and I think one of the best parts is you don't have to have played the games to enjoy the Netflix nope. series. You you, I've just, never, yeah. I've honestly have never played a single Castlevania game. I just know about them and whatnot, and I enjoyed the series immensely. It's true. You can pick up the series. Uh, it gives you enough of what you need to know at the beginning. I will say, if you are interested within the games, uh, Konami released the Castlevania, basically like game pack. Yeah. It has about seven or eight games of Castlevania within it. If you're trying to like, you know, follow the story of the fucking the show, play three and play Symphony of the Night. Yep. Uh, but it should also be noted that uh, do you guys know about Bloodstain? No. Bloodstain Ritual of the Night. That's the other Castlevania game. Right? No. So no? what happened oh. was uh, oh sim- similar Koji Igarashi kicked out of Konami. Basically, was just like. I was the person who made Symphony of the Night. Your most acclaimed fucking title for you, Kojima. <laughs> like, Why did he get fired? Uh, they just didn't have any. I They didn't want to make more Castlevania games. Oh, wow. There's like, you're basically just making DS games. Oh, so he was like, cool. Was so like, I can make another one, but not Castlevania. <laughs> so he, he crowdfunded yeah. a video game called Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Got so much money that they made uh, fucking a second game. Uh, eight bit version that is a, is basically the NES version of Castlevania One, but better. Fuck. Uh, called uh, ca- uh, it's called Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, and like that game is fucking intense. I played both of these games. Bloodstained: A Ritual of the Night is very like modern. It is 3D graphics. You have all this kind of stuff. There's an overarching story. It's super. It's made with love. It's made with love. The eight bit version is just a throwback. Just like hey. Remember that 8-bit and 16-bit games that you loved? Well, basically, I have a lot of fucking money, and I want to make something fun. Here you go. <laughs> How do you play these? Like, what consoles? Uh, Xbox, PS3, or PS4, fucking PC. Oh, okay. okay. Any, anywhere that you could play a fucking video game. I don't know if they are on the Switch. Both of them are on the Switch oh, as well. Shit. What's it called? Blood Bloodlines? Bloodstained. Bloodstained. I remember R- I read about this. Ritual of the Night know. and uh, fucking uh, Curse of the Moon. What happened was he wanted to just make Ritual of the Night, but he got so much extra money and he was just like, fuck it. I'm going to make a second game and I'm going to add boss modes. I'm going to add <laughs> an extended storyline. I'm going to add great. 35 different fucking sprites. I'm going to add all um, this fucking shit. It's available on the Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and it's also on PC, Microsoft Windows as well. Hell yeah. So go get it yeah go try it if you want to try out a modern <laughs> retro a metroidvania game like this uh music is also done by the same person who did symphony of the night so oh shit man. all the music is phenomenal phenomenal within the series and it's definitely just like a throwback to everyone who likes those style of games and if you're picking it up for the first time you will have a good time the rpg elements as well as the platforming and just killing super satisfying all right cool do you guys have any other final thoughts before we go? That's it. Uh, follow our fucking Patreon. <laughs> yeah, follow our Patreon. Pay us. Um, that's that's it. I need money for magic. Yeah, I need money for magic <laughs> as well. Um, Mana crypts ain't cheap, bro. <laughs> I have many expensive massages that I must attend. Um, <laughs> Shush. Many massages. Uh, anyway, so half well, a, now that I've broken John, he'll tell us <laughs> do what he does at the end of most of our episodes. Woo. All right. Well, before <laughs> I let everybody go, 
I just want to remind everybody, we're super easy to find in all the streaming services. Pretty much anywhere that you can stream a podcast, you can find our podcast. Just look for Bringing Down the Grindhouse. You can Google it. You can find our website or you can go to bdtghpodcast.com or go to bdtgh underscore podcast on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And you can find all of our content there. You can leave us messages, send us direct messages or emails if you want for suggestions. We're always hoping for our fans to reach out to us. And then, of course, if you can, support our Patreon and leave us some good reviews on the Apple Podcast so that we can get more easily seen on the website and we get a higher rating. But thanks so much for coming out to talk with me. I hope you guys have a good night. I'm Mitch. I'm Murr, and I need money for a fucking doubling season. (laughs) 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 And I'm Jonathan. Thank you.